it's about time for true crime hey hi how you guys doing how has your weekend been what'd you do tell us everything did you guys have a friendsgiving yeah oh my gosh ours is coming up shortly here yes and we're super excited very pumped um i am super pumped because at the time we're recording this i actually have a friend from home so like midwest home and i'm so excited because she's actually never been out here so we're gonna do some fun things that's very exciting we're gonna do like the new england round we'll probably do like the freedom trail you know like easy shit but like Mm -hmm. you know also maybe take a little drive up see some mountains like i'm just excited because i know go on a road trip i know just have fun with it i have snow you know also like i don't know if you guys are like this i really like um hosting like i love hosting so for me like i've already come up with like this little um welcome like quote-unquote basket of things but it's just like earplugs and like I have two little playlist mates like a chill playlist and like a relax or like a fun one and then um like a little card on how to use the tv because I don't know some people sleep with the tv on I can't you are so cute I literally can't sleep with it but like I love it and I like doing shit like that like it's very fun for me no, so. that's very much you um I'm really excited for that and I literally have an itinerary and I have sent the itinerary <laughs> And it's not like strict. I'm not someone who's like, it's 11.05. We have to go. But I'm like the person that's like, hmm, I think this day would be good for like X, Y, and Z. So if we do that, it makes the most sense to do them in this order. But like we can do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I sent all that out so that she knew what like I was thinking and we could like coordinate on that. So just fun. I'm so excited. type A and so maternal. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. Um, but... I mean, otherwise, life is good. We voted. We did our part. Um, did the thing. Oh, speaking of hosting. Mm-hmm. So I am hosting our Friendsgiving this year. Hell yeah, you are. I'm excited about to see uh, all you cool cats and kittens. No, um, I know you cool cats and kittens. It's, it's Carol Baskin here. Um, but I do like doing that. What are your, I have to ask you guys, what are your favorite Friendsgiving foods? And what are your favorite Thanksgiving foods? Are they different? What do you want to see there? Like, are you going to show up to someone's house and be really disappointed if there's not blank? Um, cranberry sauce Ew. for Thanksgiving, for Friendsgiving, um, booze. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> My friend makes a mean mac and cheese. Yes, she does. Uh, so we'll be having shout that. out to you, Case. Love you. Hey. And then um, I'm trying to think like I always try to do like themed foods like I yeah like for a Halloween party we did like a Halloween party in college once and I tried to make all these like like little like spider foods and little like whatever like things that all just yeah like were the shapes and like little ghost cookies and little whatever. Oh my gosh. So for Thanksgiving there's like a way you can do like a it's like turkey with like marshmallows and like you have little like pretzels yes. sticking out i don't know i've been pinteresting it trying my to find out what i want to do mom with my cousins did this thing for thanksgiving that was like turkey treats but it was like reese's so mm, for okay. the body and then she took <laughs> now little, you're speaking my language i know i am um then she took little like m&ms and put them sideways like up and down the sp- like the back so it looked like the little feathers okay and then she used like a red one for the little gobbly thing and got gobbly like thing. You know those like sugary things that you put on top of cakes, but like they're not candles, but they're not like 
I don't know. They just pure sugar, and they're usually like a little picture of something that you couldn't really do well with frosting. Yeah, or like the the letters where like they'll yeah. spell out "Happy Birthday" with it. Yeah. So Not like me just eating them right off the. I would absolutely stencil. do that. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, but she found stuff like that with little googly eyes. So it was like a profile of a turkey, and it was really cute. Um, if I can find one, I'll I'll send you the picture of it. You'll like I it. Thank you. Um, but I just want to have like a. The charcuterie board, you know, <laughs> glutes for charcut. Sam, Sam calls it a shark coochie board. <laughs> um, I have to quote. Our I love boy, a shark coochie. <laughs> our, our boy, Kevin Cooney in Boston. Hey. Hey. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have some. A shark coochie. Sure. I'm yeah, trying do to do the accent. I can't do it like everybody here does. What, from Boston? Yeah. That's because you grew right. up in the Midwest, babe. I know. And I just The believe- charcuterie board. Come on. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's still delightful to me every time I hear it, and I hear it daily. Like, I fucking love it. What, the Boston accent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, one of the few in my family that pronounces my R's. Thank yeah. you. You've done a good job, like, phasing that out. I just think that you have to, like, pronounce letters. Like, that's my personal take on it. Yeah. Say the letters. No, for real. Yeah. Like, Mackie Mac. Yeah, and no, there's, listen, there's a lot of things that, like, khaki, cocky. What oh, the fuck is that? Who says cocky? Cocky? <laughs> Just khakis. 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 Um, But if you lose your cockies, oh. what's your car keys, you know? Okay. It's confusing. I, I didn't hear it when you said it. Who does? That's what I mean. I, I don't love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that, or, like, why do y'all put R's at the end of words? Like, Brenda is Brender. What is that? I've never heard that. Really? No. I hear that a lot. Um, We had somebody that we both had like a good relationship with who would do that. But also, um, if you listen to Billy Joel, Billy Joel does it. Okay. He does it in, what is it? Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Good to know. I know it. See, here in Boston, we take R's away yeah. unless it starts with an R. But then you add it at the end sometimes. That's what confuses me. I'm like, pick one. Pick a lane, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come for you now. They are. And it's okay. Like, I am I love you guys. I moved here. Like, I, I chose to relocate here. So, like, you know, fight me on it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put up or shut up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so I'll shut up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys like for Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving? I uh, love a cranberry sauce and, and not like good cranberry sauce. Like I like the bad cranberry sauce. Like I want it from a can. Like I want to see the ridges in the cranberry sauce. Oh, my God. Ew. Um, although like whole cranberry sauce, like that, it's got a time and a place and it's good and well made. But like whatever. I like can cranberry sauce. I also um, have like a thing for any sort of appetizer with cream cheese. Okay. So, like, sometimes there's, like, those little dill sandwich cracker things where it's, like, a cracker and some cream cheese and mm-hmm. dill and, like, a cucumber or um, what's another one? Like, asparagus wrapped in cream cheese and then, like, prosciutto around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like cream cheese. I like just, like, cheese platters in general. Like, all yeah. different kinds of cheeses, all different kinds of crackers. Set guys, me up. Uh, as you're listening to this, are you laughing at me because I'm gluten and dairy-free? And only t- well, I was thinking about that. I'm thinking <laughs> you're you're not the only one that's going to be here with like 
dairy sensitivities i'm like what am i doing to my plumbing having all of this oh <laughs> my god around? no it's totally fine my contribution will be lactate i'll just bring my little bottle everybody can take some if they want it that's fine <laughs> i'm gonna have like hey everybody here's like a little stuff going appetizer just grab your lactate yes <laughs> take I'll, a sip. I'll do something like a kielbasa or something for everybody oh, too and then we'll yeah. do We'll have some good stuff, but I always want new ideas and new things to like introduce. And I feel like I have my tried and trues and I just don't want to get stale with it. You got to branch out. Exactly. Well, that and like you have me, you know, I always bring something wonky. You do. Oh, I think I'm going to try to find something that's yummy and vegan to bring. Okay. I know. Just because? Yeah. Well, you know, like one of my goals this past year has been to like slowly and I do mean like sloth painfully slowly inch towards like a more plant-based diet. Mm hmm. So just adding something that's a little more in alignment with that would be good for me. But like, yeah, I'm going to eat like, some kielbasa on like a whole bunch of fucking cheese. So I'm like, I have crackers you can snack on. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So you guys, um, today I am doing a very special case for the dating game show Killer. Oh my god, I love, 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 love this one. Yes, he's a piece of shit, but it's a very interesting one. Oh, it's so fascinating. So, we're going to get right into it. His name is Rodney Alcala, but today I wanted to go over the serial killer that traveled from coast to coast, went on reality TV, and even evaded law enforcement like multiple times. The man, the myth, the infamous legend, Rodney Alcala. Rodney Alcala. Ah. This one is so fucked up. No, it so is. And I saw like, like I was going through what crimes I wanted to do or like what cases I wanted to cover. And I was like, okay, so I've had a deep dive recently. I did my crazy long eight parter on John Bonet. I've done a few two parters. Like I wanted something that I could cover in one, but also wasn't going to make me like want to gouge my eyes out and like my heart out. Mm -hmm. And I did not really succeed, but I did succeed in that it's going to be one and that right. I only want to gouge like my chest out and not my eyes too. Okay. So there's that. All right. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back in time to the mysterious year of 1978. Okay. Match game seven, like match game was on. It was, I think it started as match game 75, but what um, a cringe show like i it, love it it's not in that it was so good but there are so many things where like they absolutely catch the contestants off guard and you can just see that like like plain as day it's that, just and like awful. gene rayburn was drunk so much and he would just like flirt with every fucking yeah. contestant. the inappropriate like comments and things like that and in a time where you shouldn't and it was yeah. a very controversial show well yeah because it was a bunch of innuendo too so it was like you know um on their wedding night they dove first into the blank and like you know everybody's singing like bed or whatever and you know someone one of the contestants is like pajamas and everyone's like boo yeah you know and and this particular case in general yes oh my good god tell me so, everything the world was loving shadow dancing by andy gibb and staying alive by the bgs mm-hmm the movie Grease just came out, so people were also, like, super into, like, uh, John Travolta and what is that, Olivia Newton? Olivia Newton-John, yeah. Olu Olivia Newton-John. R.I.P. And then, yes, R.I.P. And all kinds of goodies. So, like, not to mention, hey, the first test tube baby was born in 1978. Oh, shit. So that was cool. Um, but let's just imagine ourselves. We're on the brown corduroy couch. 
with the teal carpet and like the orange walls. You okay. know exactly what I'm saying. Wood um, paneled siding and yeah. The date, the date, September thirteenth, nineteen seventy eight. Okay, is it a Friday? Friday the thirteenth? Um, no, I don't believe it was a Friday. Well. But you click on the TV, and by that, I mean, you probably had to go turn the dial and then adjust the antennas and oh, shit. Oh, no, you did. Um, to get one of the eight, you know, channels that you had. Absolutely. And the dating show is on. There's this cute little girl, Cheryl Bradshaw, which, like, sex in the city much. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she has, like, this little brown hair and, like, this pretty big blowout, like, very 70s-esque. Okay. And she is on a dating show. It's called The Dating Show. And there are three lucky contestants that she asks all sorts of questions to. She's a drama teacher. So she is asking them to, like, pretend they are certain roles. She's, like, asking them about their favorite time of day. And contestant number one really catches her eye. He really lures her in with that innuendo that was big, like we were talking about with the match game. Catches her eye because she can't see him. (laughs) yeah literally so he's introduced as a photographer okay um who apparently would do motorcycling and skydiving in between shoots oh rodney alcala is like a i know it liar and he (laughs) won her heart for like a second because when the show ended she was like actually this guy's pretty fucking creepy and i don't want to go on a date with him so uh maybe we should trust cheryl's gut Mm -hmm. (laughs) who was rodney alcala all right who was he? Rodney Alcala was born on August 23rd, 1943. Rodney was born to Raul Alca- Alcala Bacour and Anna Maria Gutierrez. Rodney was born in Texas, but his father moved the family down to Mexico. Okay. For a few years. And like maybe three years later, his father, um, Raul, abandoned them. Oh, no. Leaving him and his mom. And I think he had a sibling alone. Um, so she actually moved them right back up to the states and they went to los angeles okay by all accounts as a child rodney's life was actually pretty good he didn't really seem to have any specifically positive or negative accounts growing up as a kid seemed to do fine in school but not exemplary i don't know like an average average yeah just he's doing his thing sure thing so at 17 he was like you know what i'm gonna join the army like that seems like a good path for my life Mm -hmm. and he was Training at Fort Bragg, so that's in North Carolina. There's okay. only like a few army bases in the in the states, so Fort Bragg is one of them. And apparently, in 1964, Rodney went AWOL during a quote unquote nervous breakdown. Yeah, that's not good. No. So allegedly, during this time, he marched from Fort Bragg in North Carolina to his mother's home in Los Angeles. I believe so. Oh, okay. I heard no accounts that she had moved. Oh, that's like a long way to march yeah. to just like i don't know to lose it and just be like you know what cross country i'm looking for a hike right now that's like forrest gump shit like <laughs> he definitely took a train i don't know maybe so he went AWOL though and whether she was still living in los angeles like i said i'm not sure but i did not hear any accounts of her having moved or being closer than that so sure i lean towards she probably was still in that home mm-hmm. <laughs> also just like Knowing the economy in the 70s, or at this point it was the 60s, and being a single mother, like, she probably didn't have a lot of options. She probably stayed put, yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just, I would want to spend my money on other things than relocating if I had what I needed set up, right? Sure. But when 
Rodney was eventually caught, the army had a military psychiatrist evaluate him, and he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. My goodness. Which, if you just listened to last week's CJ short, is the diagnosis that psychopaths and sociopaths are clinically diagnosed with. So we know what's coming. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, not, well, not everybody with yeah. ASPD. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. But with we the do context, actually know what's coming with yeah. this. <laughs> with the context of this, Rodney has been said to be like a psychopath, but I will kind of break down some of that later on, too. Ooh. So in 1968, a short 10 years before the dating game, Alcala was caught luring an eight-year-old into his Hollywood apartment. Ew. Yes. Eight years old. Her name was Tally Shapiro. And she was found raped and beaten nearly to death. Oh, my God. Luckily, there was an eyewitness who saw him luring her. So they called the cops. But he obviously had enough time to do what he did. And then he fled. So the cops actually weren't able to catch him. Because by the time they showed up, Tally, the eight-year-old, was found, you know. Left alone there. Beaten and raped, yes. And she was still alive. So they focused all of their attention on healing her. Which is like absolutely how it should be but that also allowed him rodney to get away away. yeah so he escaped and like evaded all of that so she was eight how old is he he was at this time let's see 1968 he was born what year in 43 so 25 he was 25 and she was eight i mean he could have been 10 and that's not appropriate but still i'm just saying absolutely that is just Icky. Evil. Icky, icky, yucky. And he's not this unattractive man. No. He's fine. For like the 70s, he was good looking. There's nothing stand out. And we always talk about how that happens, you know? Like, I think that is, I'm going to call it the Ted Bundy syndrome, which is only because his name is so like popular that people get what I mean. Right. Where when it's like a decent looking male who's a young man, like... I think definitely Western culture is ageist. So, like, you know what I mean? If you saw, like, an old guy, it might be creepy. But, like, a decent-looking younger man who is nice and, you know, presents very pro-social. He can say the right things. Mm -hmm. He can smile at the right times and, like, eek, react badly when he needs to. Um, Like, people are so hesitant to really put any negative thoughts in their brain about that kind of character. And I get it. Like, the world was a trusting place. I don't even know if people were locking their doors every night at this point. But, like, just nuts. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, that whole, this man is attractive and can say the right things. God forbid he, you know, I assume anything bad. Right. Um, I, He definitely had that. Because he did. He had, like, kind of wavy long hair. Like, he had a nice smile. Like, I don't know. He was symmetrical in the face. Like He, he wasn't grotesque. And, no. again, what we always say is that they don't look like the monster looming in the corner. They don't look like somebody right. that's waiting for you in an alleyway. It could be your neighbor. It could be this nice guy. It could be this 25-year-old who looks like maybe he's potentially babysitting this kid. Yeah. And uh, then rapes and beats them thank god that somebody called but of course he's already gone now the police are only there to just make sure that this beautiful little eight-year-old is you know brought to the hospital and taken care of and is okay and thank god she was she actually ended up being in a coma for like 30 days or something like that yeah he beat the shit out. no he did and it was like with if i remember right i think she was beat with a metal rod oh my god no like it was brutal and she's eight like third grade 
like learning how to do creative writing she's like learning her addition and subtraction yeah she's doing her times tables in like the five minute increments where they're like okay go what's 12 times nine what's six times seven like that little little baby so how evil yeah so he uh actually was smart in this way and he was like you know what maybe it's time for a new coast so he moves from his Hollywood apartment mm-hmm. to New York City. Oh, okay. And this time he enrolled in a school, which was New York University, but it was for film. So he was convincing everybody he was like this cool photographer artist guy who like wanted to make art and provocative things. He's giving me Bitchel Schnitzel vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he should. Well, I should say Bitchel Schnitzel gives Rodney Alcala vibes. Yeah, but yeah. still. Who did it first? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so to avoid, you know, arrest and subsequent incarceration, Rodney had to go by an alias. He changed his name. So he enrolled in the school as John Berger. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> so not suspicious. Yeah. The name's Berger. John, John Berger. Berger. Have you heard of John Ham? I'm like John Berger. <laughs> So in June of 1971, Michelle Crilly, a 23-year-old flight attendant, she worked for Transworld Airlines, so TWA. She was found strangled in her apartment. Oh, God. And that was in Manhattan in New York City. And I, I bring this up right now because chronologically it makes sense. But you should know, even though they have connected it to Rodney, um, this went unsolved for 30 years. It took until 2011 for them to connect him to this. Oh, my God. Yes. And despite that, it eventually was shown in court to be at the hands of our dating show contestant. But I had like, I literally had to read more to figure out how they did it. I was like, what the fuck? How'd they go 30 years? Mm -hmm. How'd they not know? And like, also how do you prove that after 30 years that like, this is the guy that did it. Oh my gosh. So literally this fucker, bit her left fucking boob. Oh, and they had DNA from the saliva and they matched up his teeth print, which like, just so you guys know, um, Using, like, teeth prints was usually, like, accepted as forensics for a long time, but that is no longer the case. So both of them, the DNA and the teeth prints, they're like, okay, that's enough. But I just don't want you guys to think that that's, like, a reliable, consistent, you know, way to prove that. Mm -hmm. But he bit her boob. Yeah. What the fuck? What do you have to... I know, and it's like, it seems like he doesn't really have a typical typology from an 8-year-old to a 23-year-old. Yeah. Well, and it it makes sense. I think his oldest was 25, so, like, he definitely, like, young, but I think that he really had a type for, like, young, young, because we'll see, like, the majority are children. But who is he more likely to have access to? Exactly. So, like... Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you're rubbing off on me. (laughs) Um, I think the whole thing is like he had access to women his age because he was attractive, but I don't think he wanted them. Right. And I almost am curious if the biting of the boob was like, I want to get rid of the boob. That's a theory. It's a theory because everybody else, like it specifically says underdeveloped, undeveloped, like young babies, girls, like. Mm hmm. Could go outside in basketball shorts and no shirt and people would be like, oh, little boy with long hair. Like, yeah, 
because you're eight. You all look the same. You're yeah. like a board. And There's really no different. Yeah. Yeah. At that point in time, like you're prepubescent. You're just like a baby. Mm-hmm. You're a baby. So I'm curious, but that's a theory. That's not confirmed or anything. So come 1971, the FBI had Alcala on its most wanted list. Okay. So he had evaded, you know, law enforcement in California when he beat, well, basically attempted to murder Tally Shapiro, the eight-year-old, mm-hmm. and raped her when he beat her. Um, so he got put on that list. And during this time, um, he was still under the alias of John Berger. He had gotten a camp for arts in New Hampshire. Oh, are you kidding me? Nope. Yeah, we came to New England? Yeah. This fucker. And so I'm I'm assuming it's summer because he got a job at a camp. He was still in school. Like probably a summer camp. Yes. Like a, that's what I'm guessing. Semester's and so over. Sure. Two of the kids that were at this camp saw his face on the most wanted sign and they called it in like wow. brave kids. Wow. So the FBI. Mis- Mr. Berger, um, you look an awful lot like Rodney. Uh, Rodney Alcla. Who um, heard an, an, another eight-year-old like and, me? And, and I'm a yeah. kid, and I know what you did. So Terrifying. I'm going to call this in. Oh, my gosh. Although, if it was me as a kid, I'd be like, mystery soft. The detective's on the case. Like, I would have... Interviewed him? <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, hi. Um, What were you thinking when you raped and murdered that girl? And he'd be like, what? <laughs> and then he'd probably actually be sweating because he did it. But, like, I'd be like, huh? <laughs> What do you have to say for yourself, you sick fuck? I know. You fix suck. <laughs> I'd like dress up in a little like suit. Oh, I'll know? take like whip the glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to say Shine for yourself? Shine my Disney princess flashlight in his face. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ring the bell on your bike. Get in the basket. You're arrested. <laughs> I'm bringing you downtown. Um, <laughs> Why don't you come with me? <laughs> so he was immediately extradited to California good yes as he should be but keep in mind this is 1971 he had assaulted tally in 1968 so it's been three years and so when he got back to california tally that eight-year-old she had moved to mexico with her family okay and her she obviously didn't want to but her family understandably really did not want to have to put her on trial and like re-traumatize her by having to go over everything again and see this man like she was put in a coma for a month at eight because of this guy. Like, I do not blame them at all. But the terror of seeing him again. Yeah. And because they didn't know who the eyewitness was, there were no other witnesses. So instead of rape and attempted murder like he was charged with or not charged with that he was arrested on, mm-hmm. um, he was only charged with child molestation. So I mean, he got sentenced to three years. That's all? Three years. California, step up, my guy. For rape and attempted murder because Holy they didn't... Holy shit. They didn't have anything. Yeah. Isn't that insanity? But wait, it gets worse. So, oh, great. Of course, like every fucking story that we listen to, he's a goddamn model prisoner when there's no eight-year-olds to beat and rape. So he gets out early. And yeah, I he swear does. to God. So he gets out in 17 months. What? For... Raping and beating an eight-year-old with a steel bar to the point where she's in a coma and flees the goddamn country. He gets 17 months. Uh. <laughs> Ali's, like, jaw is literally on the floor. Like, 
Uh, yeah. So less than two months later, aka eight fucking weeks, like not even ten Mondays, he was arrested again for assaulting a 13-year-old known as Julie J. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's bad. The only things I know about this case are the actual footage of the dating game episode. Yeah. Which is really creepy, but yes. we'll, we'll have to link it. Um, but all of this like stuff before this. Yeah. This is, is all before the show. Is so, new like, to me. The dating show did no background checks because if they did, they would have seen that he was literally arrested and charged with all of these things. And they're like, "Hey, attractive young woman, you Why should go you on a date here? with him." Thank God for her gut. You know yeah, what I the, mean? The the vibe that she trusted. But okay, anyway, sorry. So so Julie J. I think this is, you know, like an alias for her because she was a minor. So they don't want to give her real name. Tally, I think is like Tally Shapiro, I think is actually Tally's name. But I think she's sort of reclaimed that narrative. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but I did not see that as like a cover up name. It's been very common. This is always in quotes. So I'm going to assume it's an alias. Yeah. But according to the actual court transcript that I read. Mm hmm. She's described as a quote-unquote underdeveloped 13-year-old girl, which is just fucking heartbreaking. And she thought that she was getting a ride to school. According to her testimony, which this badass got up and testified against this man. And is this in the 60s? This is in the 70s. Okay. Where it's 74, 71? 74. 74. Okay. Um, Still four years before the dating game. Yep, still four years. So according to her, she was waiting for the bus, um, and when they passed, er, she was waiting for the bus, and John slash Rodney came up and, like, forced conversation. So he was just sort of like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing here? How are you doing? You you going to school? Uh, Do you want to ride to school? Okay. And so she sat and talked for a little bit, and finally she was like, okay, yeah, I'll take a ride to school. Like, I'm waiting for the bus. That's fine. Um. But when they passed her building, she started panicking and she asked to get let out multiple times. And at first he lied and he said, like, oh, I'm going to go check on an apartment really quick. Like, it's right there. Don't even stress out. And then eventually she's still panicking. They go Mm -hmm. to no apartment and she's like, oh, let me the fuck out. And he just rudely says, shut up. Mm. Which, like, (sighs) she's 13. Like, my little heart breaks for, like, all of these little girls. But, like. My heart breaks. Like, middle school is hard enough, guy. (laughs) Well, and she knows, like, she's old enough to know what's going on. At least she's got that bad vibe. She's she's sensing that. She's trusting her gut. And she's like, you need to let me out. And he's still like, nope. And she's still a child. So, like. And he's, what, in his 30s now? Yep. Well into it because he's born in the 40s. We're in. Yeah, he's born in 43. We're in 74. Yep. So that's 31. So yeah, he's 31. She's 13. Wow. <sighs> and so he keeps driving and she's like freaking out. But he ends up driving to like this cliff that's overlooking like the beach. Mm. So like I think he's trying to be romantic. Ew. Yeah. And like this is... This is what I mean with, like, he definitely has antisocial personality disorder, and I think that he definitely fits the psychopath trajectory of that, A, because, like, nothing in his childhood was traumatic enough, or at least has been 
released that is traumatic enough that would make us think it's like a nurture versus nature thing. Mm -hmm. But also because this to me is clearly the attempt of somebody who doesn't understand human emotion and doesn't understand like the complexity and nuance of like, I'm terrified. And he's like, this is romantic. I'll woo you. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the beach. There's nothing like being told to shut up on your first date. Oh my God. Ugh, the romance. Yeah. Um, it's an every romance novel, you know, when you're yep. kidnapped and then you're told to shut up before yeah. your first date. And he's like twice your age, more than twice your age yeah. and a predator. And you're yep. just mm-hmm. a little girl trying to go to school. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. That. Oh, so romantic. Fuck this like, guy. What the fuck? So she's literally tried to make multiple attempts to run. Like she's tried to get out of this car. He is not allowed to. Or he did not allow her to. They got mm. to the beach. She tried to run. He caught her. So he kisses her, which I don't know why. Like, I can literally hear raped an eight-year-old, and I know how awful that is. Like, in my head, I feel it. Like, it's in my gut. It's bad. But there's something that's, like, so intimate about a kiss. You know what I mean? Like, he's not doing anything. He's not, like, forcing her down on the ground. It's just, like, a kiss. He's just trying to be yeah and that like it literally makes me nauseous like the idea of this man being like i'm gonna woo this 13 year old and then okay you know what if things don't go well i guess i'll rape her like what the fuck right but he's he's trying it out first yeah. by like using a few lines and yeah. trying oh he's, that's she so unsettling testified that he like felt up her leg like put his hand like in her thigh like that mm-hmm. kind of thing um and asked her about how she was feeling about boys like at school and in general oh my god yeah and so he also during all of this time forced her to smoke weed with him which like you know we talked about in last week like Mm -hmm. weed in the 70s is the devil's lettuce like the marijuana gets it away Um, right but also forcing a child to (laughs) partake 13 year old in weed drug use yeah mm -hmm. Um, who's already terrified yeah so she's not gonna say no and god like Thank God it was only weed. <laughs> it could have been a date rape drug or something like that. Yeah. Which is horrible. And so all of this was going on. And actually, thank God for the weed because a ranger smelled it and came up and arrested both of them. Can you imagine being 13 and getting arrested for drug use when you were like just about to get raped? Oh, my God. But thank God. That yeah. The, thank God for the that ranger. They showed up and were just like, all right. So she got away. Yes, 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 yes. We love it. So Rodney and she told everything that mm-hmm. he did. Okay. And I'm sure she she's was. like, she's fine. And the bravest fucking thing. I don't know how you do that and like know what happened. And like, like you guys know when you're in a, a moment where the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you're like, fuck, I'm not safe mm-hmm. to be able to like go back and face that person and be like, fuck you. This is what happened. People are believing me and you're getting in trouble for it. Like that is just. That is the sweetest kind of revenge, and she deserves every ounce of it. And thank, God, yeah, thank God for the weed. Thank God for <laughs> <Honestly>. weed, <laughs> because that's probably what saved her life. Oh, it absolutely is. Like looking at his trajectory, he's yeah. already killed. He's already raped an eight-year-old and beat her within comas. And of there's her life. no doubt that that like, was where this was going. Yeah, if there so, was no intervention. Shout out to Park Rangers. Love ya. Uh, keep that earth happy and keep our kids alive. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Rodney's parole was revoked. Yay. Okay. 
I feel like you're dangling that in front of me to take it away. He wasn't released again until 1977, so he did, like, serve some time. Okay, yeah, so a couple cool. of years, though, to drop in the bucket. Yeah, just to drop in the bucket. Um, but <laughs> I wrote, when he was, this charming little psychopathic motherfucker was allowed to move to New York again. He went back to New York when he yeah. got out? Yeah, uh-huh. So he was in California. That's where the stuff with Julie J happened. And then he gets out and he convinces his parole officer to let him move again. So this man, who's already a known flight risk, a multiple time over child sex offender, is so charming. And this is like that whole psychopath, like scary thing where people are like, oh, my God, like, ah, it could be everybody. He convinces his fucking parole officer to let him move cross country. Oh, my God. And his parole officer's like, yeah, okay. Like, he lets him do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not good. So, so far, he's beaten and raped an Mm eight-year-old near, like, within an inch of her life. Yep. In California. Moves to New York. Goes to school. Yep. Kills a flight attendant. Yep. Goes up to New Hampshire. Gets spotted Mm -hmm. for being on the FBI's most wanted list. Gets extradited to California. uh, California. Serves time. 17 months. 17 months. (laughs) Gets out. Two months later, attacks someone else. Yeah. Oh. Goes back to jail. And then his parole officer's like, you know what? You're such a good guy. Why don't you go ahead and move to New York again? Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. And this is all before the fucking dating show. Oh, my God. So, yeah. That's 1977 he is released. Okay. Um, So, he goes to New York. He fully convinces his parole officer that... Even though he assaulted multiple sweet baby angels, he can move. Okay. I fucking hate this guy. Is he going back to New York City? Yes. Okay. So, less than a fucking week. Less than seven days. So, like, one Monday. Yeah. One Monday. Okay. After he moved. Okay. He killed, again, Twenty-three-year-old Ellen Jane Hover. Her body was found buried under rocks overlooking the Hudson River. Mm. Um, and if that name sounds familiar, it is probably because she was the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Oh shit! Yeah, like she had connects. All right. And her body was just found. Ellen Jane Hover. Yeah. H O V E R. Yeah. Hover. Hover. Well, I wasn't sure if it was Hover or Hover, and then I always wanted to say Hoover, but I think that's just because of the dam, so. Yeah. Um, Ellen Jane. Ellen Jane. Okay, and she's 23. Jeez, what is... She's also a baby. Mm-hmm. Good God. So it was right around this time that Rodney ended up on the dating show. All of this was happening before he went on TV. So when you see that footage, this guy is a fucking creep. He's already a murderer. And he's already known. It's already known. He's been extradited. He's known by the FBI. He's been in prison. And he's been revoked from bail and parole like so many goddamn times. If the show did like a preliminary background check, they would have seen half of this shit. They did nothing. Which like to me, I know like my anger is at him, but it is also at that show. Like they have a due diligence to like bringing people on that they're not going to send them away with someone who's going to fucking murder them or their child. But I'm sure they just have them sign whatever non-disclosure yeah. or whatever agreement waiver. Yep. Yeah. Hey, if this doesn't go well, it's not our fault. If he kills you, don't blame me. Blah blah yeah. blah. Like it. It's if he rolls you up in a rug, then uh, thank your grandma for the I don't know the rug. Like, like that's you know. Yeah. 
So that is why I'm not a big old fan of that. But thank goodness for Cheryl's intuition about him being a creepy fuck because she is luckily not on the list of victims. Okay. Yeah, 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 Cheryl Bradshaw. So, however, Rodney doesn't stop here just because Cheryl was like, mm, probably not. So, real quick. Yep. We should talk about the show. Yes. You can see her get visibly uncomfortable when she sees him. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, I don't think that she might have known. So, in Psych, there's this whole theory called the misattribution of arousal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to talk about it really quick because I think this is definitely what happened because she reports actually being interested in him until after the show. Right. So like you can see that discomfort. I think she had a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole theory that when you are excited or like your nervous system is on alert. So you're highly aroused mm-hmm. nervous system speaking. Right. Not that, like not right. sexually aroused. You're just not like, horny. You're just like everything in your body is like, okay, we need to be paying attention, like hypervigilant. I'm like your nervous system is aroused. Gotcha. That is more likely to come across to your brain as being attracted to somebody if you are around someone that fits your sexual preferences. Okay. So um for those of you who are like, oh my God, the best date in the world, roller coaster, you're absolutely right. Like, if you go on a roller coaster, your heartbeat's going to pick up. Like, you might get a little bit sweaty because your nervous system is like, holy shit, something's happening right now. Right. But it's fun. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm with this guy. So, like, my heart must be racing because he's so cute and dreamy and not because I'm on a roller coaster. Right. So that's pretty common. They see that there's a few studies that have been done. One was actually really fascinating. It was with this guy who would ask people out on bridges okay no it sounds so weird but if it was a big well-structured bridge that was comfortable like you go to chicago it's one of the big old bridges over the chicago river like any of that Mm -hmm. nothing totally fine hit or miss whether or not he's gonna get called back Mm -hmm. if he asks somebody out on a rickety bridge that you're like kind of want to get over this thing maybe it's windy shaking a little bit without fail every time he got a call back wow misattribution of arousal fascinating but anyway So, yes, she is clearly, like, not super comfortable. But then even her questions, like, she was saying, I'm a drama teacher. Like, I'm going to assign you roles and you have to act it out. So she gave him the role of, like, dirty old guy. And he was like, come here, little lady, like, being creepy as shit. And she was, like, laughing at it because that's what she asked for. But, like, knowing all of this context, it's like, how many people did he actually fucking say that to? Yeah. Like, was that actually just taken from real life or was that him acting? Oh, I know. Because it's like, I think every part of his normal life is him acting. So was that his natural or? No. So not so hot. And even one of the other contestants had said that he was creepy. Like, I don't remember specifics what he said, but I remembered reading multiple times that one of, I think it was contestant two, might have been three, but they said he had some very unique opinions And I couldn't find out what that meant, but I'm like, what did he say to those guys? Like, Christ. So Allie and I found this video on YouTube that has Rodney's like actual parts from the show, but it's only the parts where him and Cheryl interact. So we're going to play that for you guys so you can hear what a creepy motherfucker this guy is. And we'll link the video below. It was uploaded by Nathan Davis. So um, we want to give credit where credit is due, but holy fuck. Yes, we will. We'll have this all linked so you can watch it. We're not taking credit for this by any means. We just want you to hear what we're talking about. 
it's full of innuendo. That was the time. That was what they were doing on this show. She's eating it up. Yeah. But afterwards, she doesn't. So here's here's their interactions. Okay. And we're going to start by having them say hello to you and see how they sound. Number one, would you say hello to Cheryl, please? We're going to have a great time together, Cheryl. Okay. And here we go. Bachelor number one. Yes. What's your best time? The best time is at night, nighttime. Why do you say that? Because that's the only time there is. The only time? What's wrong with uh, morning, afternoon? Well, they're okay, but nighttime's when it really gets good. Then you're really ready. I'm a drama teacher, and I'm going to audition each of you for my private class. Bachelor number one. You're a dirty old man. Take it. Come on, over here. Uh, uh. Honey, we ought to go out and pooping. Really? Bachelor number one, I am serving you for dinner. Oh. What are you called and what do you look like? I'm called the banana and I look really good. all right you guys so that was his little like snippets on the show of course there's three bachelors he's not the only one that the show was about or anything like that but he did go as rodney alcala like on the show the biggest balls in the world and i mean is it kind of cringy yeah the whole thing is it's it's all full of innuendos. I mean, the the questions are said just so yeah. she's saying them in a certain way. Like, I don't think his responses were inappropriate for what was going on I of, mean, for the context. Yes and no. Like, agreed. We're gonna have a great time. Sounds great. I look really good. That's a fun rea- Like, that's a fun response to what do you look like? That was witty. But like this whole idea of like the groans and the creepy old man thing. That feels a little too natural. Don't. mm, There's no. Like, I don't want a dirty old man to do that. You know, I don't think I want a dirty old man. I mean, period. Period. But like, no, but seriously, just the idea that. Yeah, that that was the first thing that came to his mind. But some people point to this and being like, what a creeper, what a whatever. To me personally, my opinion, not speaking for Abby either, because I know you'll probably have a different view of it. Like, I think everything he said was perfectly appropriate. Well, and for I, the context and compared to what everyone else was saying, too. If you watch other episodes of that show, yeah. that is not unlike other people. Well, and again, like the culture of the time definitely agreed. Like my roommate and I actually we fucking love the match game. Like that's one of our like dumb shows if we need a reprieve or like I we watch something scary and I'm like, um, I need to watch something dumb. Like the newlywed game. I yes. love that shit. Like I'll just put on random old game show network shows you know what i mean so, so that one's good. that one's a big one but it totally is like it's really in that realm of like you know innuendo everything's about sex we're allowed to talk about that because the 60s just happened but we're gonna do it in such a way that like we're you not, have to connect yeah. the dots because i don't want to be called a creepy fuck we're like, not gonna come out and say it because we can't because this right. won't be allowed to air but we're gonna basically say it right all but like yeah um so Definitely for the time, kind of normal, but just like, ah. 
but incredible that he was on this national tv show as himself as himself with no vetting no background no nothing and they were just like okay guy come on in you guys have a great night now okay (laughs) don't keep her out too late um he knows this amazing spot by a a, beach. a cliff and a in a beach <laughs> and uh, and uh, rangers frequent it, but you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck. So Rodney doesn't stop here after this show because of fucking course he doesn't. No. Um, in February of 1979, uh, Monique Hoyt. Okay. Is his next victim? Poor girl. She is 15 years old, mm. and she's hitchhiking. So she ends up getting into Rodney's car and he he drove her to his apartment and allegedly, and I say allegedly with a big fucking bold all caps underline allegedly, Mm -hmm. says that they had consensual sex. Okay, no, that's not it. I said, fuck you, no, it wasn't. Even if she said, okay, she's 15. Mm -hmm. And even if she said, okay, there is such a thing as coerced consent, which is still not consent. It's coerced. Like consent is freely and willingly given emphatically. Like, yes, yay, I want to do this. And how, you, how long after the dating game is this? Well, let's see. He was on the dating game in 78. And this was in February of 79. Oh, my God. Yep. To be Cheryl, to know that what happens yeah. just a few months after she was like all snugged up to him on TV. Yes. <laughs> to be Cheryl and to know that he got out of prison months before he went on, you know, like just mm-hmm. insanity. And so Monique... Apparently, according to him, they had consensual sex. Then he tied her up, beat her, raped her, um, even more, you know, Mm -hmm. before driving her back out to where she was originally hitchhiking. Oh. And just, like, left her. Did she die? No. She made a police report from a hotel. She managed to, like, get a ride or, like, walk to a motel and called the police there as a tied up and beaten, raped 15-year-old. Oh, my God. Like, that's the thing. This man fucking sucks. But, like, also, the girls that he picks out are resilient. Like, they are badasses. Wow. And I include Tally in that. Like, I know that she was not back up for a trial to testify no, but that little girl's a badass eight years old she was eight and by the time the no by the time the court procedures actually came along she was still only 11 like it had been three years but it had only been three years yeah so absolute badasses monique I don't know what it would be like to have to go through that and then like figure out a way home again after the last time you hitchhiked landed you that. Yeah. Um, but was he arrested? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did his mommy post bail? Yep. Of course. Um, and while it's not explicitly stated anywhere that I found, it seems like after mommy posted bail, he went back with her to California. Okay. So, um, I assume this because more trouble was just around the corner. Where was he? California. Mm -hmm. So uh, come June of 1979, so just a few short months later, uh, four if we're counting, um, Robin Samso went missing after ballet. Mm. She was 12, and her body was found decomposing 12 days later. Oh. Some of Robin's friends said that after that class, they saw a stranger, and he was asking to take photos. 
Mm. And like, you know, I'm sure he was playing like, I'm a cool guy. Like, I'll take the photos of you guys. Like, I'm doing art and you guys are artists. Like, you're beautiful. Come. Ew. Oh, my God. Go fuck yourself. They're 12. I'm sure they're beautiful, but not for your photos. Mm -hmm. No. And not without their parents being there. Thank you. Nope. And so some of Robin's friends, uh, you know, they said that he was asking for the photos. They had seen him. They'd interacted. Mm -hmm. So they actually got to sit down with one of the police officers and like, you know, do the whole suspect sketch. Like they talk about what they thought he looked like and who would see it. Lo and behold, was Rodney's parole officer. Okay. Yes. So he recognized it and he was like, oh, fuck, that's Rodney. All right. Good. So. During the prep for the case on Robin Samso, Alcala's DNA was ran and actually connected to four more victims. Wow. So Jill Barcombe, 18, um, she was a New York runaway who was found, quote unquote, rolled up like a ball in a Los Angeles ravine. Oh, God. Um, Georgia Wickstead, 27, was bludgeoned in her Malibu apartment in 1977. Charlotte Lamb. 31, was raped and strangled and left in the laundry room of an apartment complex. Mm. And Jill Parento, who was 21, was killed in a Burbank apartment in 1979. God. Yeah. So they connected from DNA him to all of these. And a few of these women were thought to be like the hillside strangler victims. Yeah. And he was actually interviewed to like by police officers to see if he fit the mo for the hillside strangler but he did not because he was not the hillside strangler but like oh god that same area was just same area same time imagine being a young woman there oh my god at like in this uh -uh. Uh i mean those uh -uh. were literal hunting grounds for them yes it's like um forgetting who it was but there is a true crime case of a guy who used to like dump women in the middle of the woods and then hunt them yeah it's like that but just all of california yeah yeah so terrifying. They were all found posed in carefully chosen positions. So like this is something his, his photographer side and well, kind of. But also it's, you know, what we talk about with like staging a scene with oh, yeah. um, offenders who have like a signature like for him. That was it. And it seemed like that was really important for him was how he staged them. Mm-mm. So you can look it up if you want. Uh, I did not want to get super into it because, like I said, I didn't want to have to gouge out my eyes and my stomach. And these sweet women deserve some peace. So um thought that I would not, you know, put everybody through that. But you can find it if you want to. You can Google it. So all of the bodies, like I said, they were found staged. And a pair of earrings were found in his storage locker that had DNA that matched one of the other victims. Okay, so they got him. Yeah, so they got him. And they had arrested him. He was in custody. I believe they actually fucking learned from their mistake this time and did not give him bail pretrial, which is fucking good. Okay. But um, Alcala was arrested in July of 1979. And in 1980, when he was tried, he was convicted and sentenced to death for the 12-year-old's murder. Okay. And that was um robin samso so this was for her murder he got the death penalty okay and the vic- <laughs> the verdict you're like woohoo finally death penalty do not get your hopes up because what was it overturned by the california supreme court and you want to know why why because they brought up his past criminal history why it's not admissible in court as evidence and they thought that that 
played a role in him getting convicted. Um, but if the shoe fits, no. No, no, you're right. I think you're right. I think because if, when you, I think if you've murdered a twelve-year-old and you have a history of raping and beating children, children? um, that should be taken into consideration. And young adults, then yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. But um, no, it's not allowed in court. Damn it, California. Like, Listen, I am a freak about the Constitution. I freaking love the Constitution. Um, and yes, I get you it. you have rights. Mm. You have rights. And, like, I'd rather, like, on, if I have to say it, like, I'd rather do the thing right than just assume. But at the same time, it's like, fuck this guy. He's gotten away so many times. We're really going to take that chance again? No, of course. I mean, you have rights and you have things that are constitutionally yours. That That is how it works. Yeah. But just the thought that someone who could do that. Yeah. I am not a fucking fan. So come 1986, after a second trial, obviously they overturned that one, which basically just said he is like entitled to a new trial. Okay. So the second trial is in 86. Yes. So 1986, the second trial, uh, virtually identical to the first. Okay. Minus the fact that they left out his prior sex crimes. Sure. But, um, you know, the DNA testing and the yeah, all of that. sketches that looked like him and the eyewitness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he was once again convicted and sentenced to death. And in 2001, the Ninth Circuit of Appeals panel nullified the second conviction. Why? In part because a witness was not allowed to support um, Rodney's contention that the park ranger who found Samso's body had been, quote unquote, hypnotized by police officers. This man Foley was like, yeah, no, that's not true. He was hypnotized. Uh, yeah. Hip, like. Hypnotized. W- like with the dangly thing like, ooh, and ooh, look ooh. at this and yeah. you will now wake up. Ooh. With, ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, hypnotized. Um, so yeah, fuck that. <laughs> oh, okay. But he also filed two lawsuits against the California penal system. Which I thought was very funny. Okay. Um, one of which was because he slipped and fell. Oh. And one of which was because they refused to provide him a low-fat diet. What are you I, watching your fig figure, you fucking asshole? Guy, even when he had a good figure, it didn't land you anything. You still were raping girls, like. My no. guy. Fuck no. Goodbye. No, only fat, fat, full food. Full fat food. I want you to only eat avocados and like beef lard like that's it no that's it you can have a stick of butter (laughs) or you can have a stick of butter go fuck yourself yeah goodbye Hmm. yeah um sorry and your last meal is a stick of butter yeah with what's that oh a side of melted butter yeah to drizzle on top i'm not an asshole yeah please you can have a condiment damn (laughs) piece of shit so in 2003 prosecutors entered a motion to join the SAMHSA charges with four of the other ones. So those four women that they got the DNA on. Yes. So that came into the court in 2003. Okay. And so it was contested by Rodney's attorneys because as one of them put it, like if you're a juror and you hear one murder case, you may have, like you may be able to have reasonable doubt, but mm-hmm. it's very hard to say you have reasonable doubt on all five. So basically they're just saying like, it's harder to get them off. You can doubt one, but like, can you doubt five? Uh, yeah, that's the point though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah correct. Okay. Um, and so they've also said, especially when four of the five aren't al- like alleged by eyewitnesses or proven DNA matches. So okay. like that I do get, I give them that, like you do need that kind of thing, but 
Um, it's frustrating without the witnesses because all you have is DNA, which right. to me, DNA is facts. That's mm-hmm. just science. But I also get how like if your entire case on one murder is built up, you have witnesses, you have like kind of the whole shebang laid out. Right. Mm-hmm. Then just like throw in four others. So like, oh, this DNA matches these two. Right. I get that. Um, but in February of 2010, uh, Rodney stood trial on all five joint charges. Yeah. So the contest did not go through. Okay. They were still able to do that. So now I'm going to talk about 2010. And really quickly before I do that, I wanted to also put in that in March of this year, uh, not this year, but March of 2010, mm-hmm. Rodney had photographs that were found. And the New York City Police Department released 120 of them. I think they probably seized them in like, you know, a warranted search. But they released them because they thought that some of the women and children that he had photographed might be additional victims and victims' families could like, you know, recognize them, them and identify right. them. Yeah. And and first, in the first few weeks, police reported that 21 women came forward to identify themselves and at least six families believe they recognized loved ones who disappeared and were never found. Oh, my God. So that's another 27, if we're curious. Um, and then one of the photos was connected to a missing person. Or no, none of the photos were like completely connected to a missing person or unsolved murder until 2013 when a family member actually recognized somebody who died in Wyoming. Wow. So I would assume that's in one of the, you know, back and forths. Mm -hmm. But what the fuck? Oh, my God. As of July of 22. So this year, Mm -hmm. July 2022, 110 of the original photos remain online and they keep helping police find further people. Wow. That's fucking nuts. Just to try to identify them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And something that was very weird. There were also young boys in these. Interesting. Not yeah, his type. Not his MO. But then again, like I said, he's looking at children. Prepubescent. Prepubescent. Typically, those offenders do not differentiate no. between sexes. Well, and with that whole idea of like all of the women that were like grown women that he raped or beat or, you know, fucking bludgeoned to death. Mm-hmm. They were all young enough that it is possible that if that's what he liked, the prepubescent side, you know, maybe they had small boobs like me. Like, you know, yeah, maybe can't they just tell the front from the back. OK, I'm in like some. Res- yeah, maybe they resembled. Just yeah. Looked younger. Yeah. And I mean, I still get carded for a rated R movie. and You have to be 17 for that. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. Um, uh- <laughs> I'm old for that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But like there's just that idea that like maybe you can. Some people just never look like yeah old it's old the big <laughs> cheeks the big eyes like yeah. this whole idea too of him biting that boob like to me in my head I really think that's what it was like it was I this is not what I want like I don't want rage this at it or something yeah or, yeah I don't know what the fuck but like yeah so I just wanted to throw that out there very fascinating but um in the third and final court case. Rodney spent five hours playing the roles. He de- he defended himself, by the way. He was his own counsel. And this is in 2010? Yes. Um, February of 2010. In his third and final court case, he spent five hours role-playing both interrogator and witness. What? Yeah, he would role-play. And then he, like, changed his voice. So he'd be like, Mr. Alcala, like... Mr. Alcala, what are you what are you doing? And he'd be like, well, I did this that day. And he'd be like, "Okay, well, what about this? And he'd be like, well, I did not this day. Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. 
Did he, he have like a sock puppet just to help him <laughs> out? Or? No, but he would address himself as Mr. Alcala in a deeper pitch. Where's Jeff Dunham when you need him? I did. <laughs> Jeff Dunham. Yeah, like literally. Jeff Fafa. Jeff Fafa. You could stick his hand up your butt and like maybe make you talk. I don't know. <laughs> but like insane. So during this self-questioning and answering session. He's having like a self Q&A on the fucking stand. I bet he was loving it. Yes. He told jurors, um, and this is a quote, often in rambling monotone, that he was at a berry farm applying for a job as a photographer at the same time that Samso was kidnapped. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking, of course you were. Um, so then he showed the jury a portion of his appearance on the dating game in an attempt to prove that the earrings that were found in his locker were his. But in, in case you were wondering, um, he was not wearing earrings and in case you were wondering one of the other contestants was questioned about it and they were like that was not and that was not a thing that was like socially accepted at that time Mm -hmm. so like i would have noticed those were not his yeah he's not wearing earrings correct yeah love it so sorry that you were maybe applying for a job and decided to lie about earrings on something that was fucking videotaped idiot like maybe you should have hired counsel maybe um so thank god uh, in March, he was sentenced to death for a third time. Third time's the charm, right? Yeah. And I think this is good because the only defense he had for not murdering the other four women was that he just didn't remember it. So couldn't have been him. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember what I ate yesterday. I'm sure if I killed somebody, I wouldn't recall. I mean, you what mean the, the fuck? Come you on, mean guy. the rape? bludgeoning and murder for i don't know that sounds like a thursday probably sound like me though (laughs) (laughs) like what the fuck um and it gets fucking worse no yes stop yes i can't take it this fucker didn't get put to death he died of natural causes at 77 he lived a full ass life (sighs) he lived a full ass life he died in 2021 he was put like sentenced to death 10 years ago and well, this yeah, is people like, never get put to death on time. I know. That sounds like, really bad, but you know what I mean? But it, it's that's not one of the things that really frustrates me about the death penalty is like, I understand it's a big deal and we There's do give so much time for appeals and, and I, I'm all for it. Like, please appeal the fuck out of it because if you're wrongfully convicted and as we know from the full ass registry of exonerations, many people are wrongfully convicted, but like 10 years for this guy, he did not. He did not get punished for any of those crimes. No. He lived a comfortable life, writing as many fucking letters and ramblings as he wanted to to try to appeal his conviction. And if he had served more than three years back for Tally Shapiro, yeah. and he had actually served like 20, mm-hmm. none of, look at all the other ones that wouldn't yeah. have happened. Mm-hmm. So, insanity. And still to this day, if you like Google you know, any of the photographs, if you look him up, like there are articles that believe he's connected to so many more. And I'm sure probably some in New England, considering oh. he spent a lot of time in New York, like, the New York in area. He's what, probably New traveling. Yeah, like, he's yeah. probably traveling through. I mean, I'm sure he didn't stay in New York City the whole time. Well, and it's just so fucking frustrating because it's like. How many times do we have to redo this mm-hmm. over and over and over again of like, thank goodness, you know, people aren't hitchhiking anymore. And, you know, that's not to victim blame anybody who is. You shouldn't have to worry about that. But. Why was it socially acceptable for so long when so many women went missing? And why is it that just because he's like he's beautiful and can say the right thing that he doesn't have to stay in the state that he committed a crime and so that you can make sure he doesn't go, I don't know, kill hundreds of people like or at least, you know, 
tens, 50, 60, 70, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He has 110 photographs that are out there. That's not even of what was found. Yeah. That's what they think might help cases. Oh, my God. That's insanity. And he was put, like, convicted to death row thrice. Like, not once, not twice, thrice. Thrice <laughs> now I have asked you for a towel. And thrice now he has been convicted to death. And he has not actually been killed. He died of unnatural, like, of unknown natural causes at 77. The creepy old fuck that Cheryl Bradshaw asked him to be on the goddamn dating game. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Wow. That was a good way to tie that all in. <sighs> so Rodney Alcala. I fucking hate him. Oh, no. An absolute piece of shit. I hate him so much. Um, And I hate all of the things that let him continue to do this to so many fucking women, so many children, so many victims, so many boys. I don't know if there are any men, but like, what the fuck? So many families were destroyed by him. And I cannot get over the fact that he went with his actual name on a TV show. Like, of all the applications they got, of all the things they got, they were like, ah, yes, he's the one. Not a damn look into the past. No. I mean, I know the internet wasn't yeah. a thing, so you couldn't just, like, try to look Googling, that up. But, like, but there had to be ways to vet people. You didn't do that? Well, and also keep in mind, like, that had to be shot in New York City or in L.A. Like, I mean, maybe it was somewhere else in California. But it's not like he was not in trouble anywhere else in California. Like, his right. name was known pretty much everywhere so all it takes is one call to the police station to be like hey do you have anything on this guy no okay right. great neck like he's in mm-hmm. or like hey do you have anything on this guy oh he served 17 months for raping and bludgeoning like an eight-year-old and then a 12-year-old and then a 13-year-old and then a 15-year-old and then a 23-year-old and then a 22-year-old okay send him on like what the fuck i know so i'm um, pretty pissed about that and oh, yeah that's where i'm leaving it yeah i hate this guy well fuck you rodney alcala yeah i'm glad you're dead and i can't hurt more people hope that whatever unnatural cause it was i hope you like were constipated for the last month of your life like i hope that it was literally just shit built up and that's why you died i feel like you're projecting i am (laughs) and you know that And I'm mad that you said it. (laughs) And I know if I'm going to die of unknown natural causes, that's what it's going to be. But I hope that it happened to him and it was painful. Okay. Yeah. I can agree with that. I was hoping for something just a little bit more of a gut punch. Oh. Pun intended. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Um, Um, Oh. oh Jinx. No, you owe me a Coke. No, Jinx. No, you owe me a Coke. Fuck. Um, Fuck. All right, well, we're going to leave that there. Um, We do want to invite you to enter into our t-shirt giveaway. Just to remind you how to do that. You can repost any of our posts on your story. And as many non-already followers as you tag in our comments, you will get an extra entry. So you guys definitely, uh, you know, tag your friends, tag your family members if you think they'll be into this kind of show and into this stuff. If they don't like the fuck word, maybe not. But otherwise, I mean, get the word out there. We you rely even say on you. F word. You're like the fuck word. Yeah, that one. I said it. I'm gonna say it again. Fuck. I've said fuck a lot in this episode. That's I true. hate this man. So That's like, true. If you guys think of anybody that you know that would be interested, please get it out there because this is our baby and we love sharing it with you guys and we love when you guys share it with other people that you care about and. We want to make that deal a little bit sweeter for you. And that's why we're doing this t-shirt giveaway. It's the season of giving. And this is like our little reprieve for all of this bullshit. So like. Absolutely. We just want to give back all that love. 
give somebody a t-shirt who we know is going to love it and you know you might get something a little bit handmade from us maybe nothing crazy but just a little extra token of love from the ATFTC fam so don't forget that's all on Instagram you can find our Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word so that's a-b-o-u-t period t-i-m-e period f-o-r period t-r-u-e period c-r-i-m-e period p-o-d about time for true crime pod periods in between every word you can also find those in the description box um in the show notes anywhere that you're listening to this episode you will also find it there and like we said earlier in this episode if you go to our instagram there's always going to be the people that we're talking about places and things that are relevant to the stories that we're sharing and of course we have highlights that include resources for your mental health and your well-being resources for the family and causes that they care about of victims and also reprieves you know it's Instagram. We gotta share some memes, fam. So hop on there, see some pod pets. It's a good time. Anything to make you laugh or smile or do something today that isn't about death? Yeah. Do that. Um we wanna give you so you can always click through that reprieve highlight tab and But if you wanted to like share your feelings about on the episodes or like ask questions or like tell us about your cute little pod pet and their little Halloween costume, you could definitely email us. But Allie, where would that be? So you would email us at about time, the number four TC at gmail.com. So that would be A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E numeric four TC at gmail. Awesome, you guys. Okay, well, we hope that you hate this guy as much as we do and you enjoyed this hour as much as we did. And we will see you Thursday. We will see you next time. Bye, All guys. Right. If I look at my clock, that was about, about time, time for True Crime. Bye. See ya.